0: wherever you may be, and welcome back to Stories from the Vortex. I'm Matthew Kressel, and I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only, and often contrary, Mary Lang. Yeah, welcome back. We're, we're here. We're here again. Yay. And we're joined, as we sometimes are, by the man from the land down under, Robert Haynes. Hello there. <laughs> well, it's been a while since we've all gotten together to talk, and there's been quite a few developments in the Big Finish universe, so we're going to start this episode by talking about some things that uh, are a little bit in the past for you, the listeners, but which we haven't had the chance to talk about. Namely, the big exciting announcement that Big Finish has gotten the license, or rather permission, from the Cardiff Production Office to start using elements from the new series, including River Song, uh, Winston Churchill, and monsters from the cl- from the new series. And, you know, I'm you know, it, I think it was inevitable that this day was going to come with the way, you know, Cardiff and particularly RTD and later Moffat feel about Big Finish. That the day was going to come that Big Finish was going to get to start using elements from the new series. My thought you, was... You felt, you felt it was inevitable? I felt yeah, it I was.
1: Did
0: say, I felt it yeah. was, given that there had been the slow creeping of things into it. I mean, we were getting... Vague references to the Time War, for example, and some of the Companion Chronicles with Leela and of course, Majorly in Dart in that first Dark Eye set when the Doctor's having that big, giant hallucination. Um, so I thought it was inevitable. I mean, I personally thought it was going to take the new series maybe going into a bit of a prolonged hiatus or even going off the air before it would happen. But I'll, mm-hmm. I re- I'll never forget waking up one afternoon uh, to suddenly uh, a text message from a friend of mine on my phone going, you need to get on the Big Finish site, and you need to get on the Big Finish site now. Yeah, well, did you sleep very thought well that thought
2: that, um, that they were going to keep a pretty tight wall between the two. Um,
0: so it to me it came as a huge surprise. The thing is, is I think Big Finish uh, was know. the only place where that wall kind of existed because it was the only thing, I guess, sort of licensed merchandise spinoff, whatever you want to call it, that had existed before the new series had. The licenses for IDW and later Titan with the comics, for example, had allowed for elements from the classic series and new series to mingle. The Forgotten, for example, I think, had the Fifth Doctor and the dune for example. Hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I I I figured it was going to be inevitable that the walls were going to come down at least a little bit, and they finally yeah. have.
2: And here, I thought, you know, the BBC would be wanting to keep a tight fist around, you know, the... Um, the rights to all of the merchandise and everything and the, it kind of waters it down when there's another entity now also um, able to promote those um, you know the brand
0: well it's also things it, that haven't been used on the show in a while um, yeah. to a certain extent as well I mean, <laughs> some of the monsters for example the sicker and and um, the jadun for example we haven't seen on tv in quite a while at this point well, true, but we also
2: have the announcement that River Song is going to be in the Christmas special. Yeah,
0: right after we get the announcement that she's not only going to have her own box set, but is going to be showing up alongside Paul McGann's doctor as well. Yeah. But you know what? Um, it, I think
1: a lot of it might be due to the production team in Cardiff. Right. Because uh, especially like Moffat and that, he's a bit, He loves the audios. Yeah, Um, yeah, they're very, very big supporters. So I think that would sway a lot of, um,
2: uh,
1: I don't know, whatever their way. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we have have to do. Yeah, I mean, we have to keep in mind RTD basically saved Big Finish from losing the Who license back in two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah. And also Moffat, at the beginning of twenty thirteen, in an issue of DWM, Mm -hmm. in his column in there, was asked what his favorite stories from each Doctor was. And for both Colin yeah. Baker and Paul McGann, he picked Big Finish audios. Yeah. And of course, the big thing uh, for all of us wasn't just that Paul McGann came back in *Night of the Doctor*; it was the fact he named all the Big Finish companions yes. in that as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I lines blur. <laughs> yeah, I think it's blurred. I mean, that's also been a, a source of controversy in some places, uh, as we were talking about before I started <laughs> recording, that I've noticed on in certain corners of particularly classic series Big Finish fandom who have really enjoyed the fact that Big Finish has had a line drawn from it to keep it from crossing over into new series territory, who are suddenly epileptic in some cases mm, over the fact yes. that the classic series and the new series elements are going to mix, because until now, they could regard the new series as teenage space if soap opera uh, that existed uh, okay. in its own little universe and wasn't <laughs> going to ever touch anything from their show.
1: Yeah, ridiculous.
2: Plenty <laughs> behind-the-scenes agreements going on about, gee, can we use some of your storylines?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> worth keeping in mind that a lot of the writers, a lot of the writers on, particularly the early years of the new series, came from writing for yes. for yes. Big Finish and also the various novel ranges. Yeah, but yes. you don't see that crossover happening now. That's true. I think that's primary. I think that's because the show has become such a flagship. That there's a tendency not to want to experiment with writers who don't have a lot of TV background already. Because yes, I think that's yeah. why we get writers like Neil Cross, for example, uh, coming on and doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are showrunners of their own shows or you know, being brought in to do who which I, I think has had some very mixed results. But that literally is a topic for a whole other podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I for, yeah, I for one am very excited that this is going, that the, that the classic and the new are mingling because it's always been, for me, one big show. Um, yeah. Happened to have been separated by a 15-year gap and that the audios and whatnot fit into that as well. So count me as tickled pink, I suppose.
2: <laughs> yeah, That I think that, is true of a lot of big finnish listeners is that we we don't draw distinctions you know it's all doctor who and the stories and the people the characters and all they're all of a piece they're all
0: of a cloth right
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i mean the other big announcement we haven't talked about is torchwood and that was a surprise yeah that was more of a surprise Mm -hmm. for me than the new series stuff because Torchwood has been in limbo for about, what, four or five years now since Miracle Day finished. Since 2011. Yeah, so about four years now. Has been in limbo because RTD hadn't decided what he was going to do with it, and he ended up coming back to the UK because his partner got ill, and then went off and started writing other stuff.
2: Well, and I thought, too, that Stars still had some claim to the rights.
0: I... I think they did for a bit, but I think that's now yeah. inspired from what I read. And, in fact, I read an article not long ago from some Starz executives who were asked at an um, event where somehow some fans got in. And were, the stars informed that they were waiting to hear from Russell T. Davies and the BBC about what they were going to do. Okay. Um, okay. So, I mean, the Torchwood announcement was, that, for me, even more of a surprise than the new series stuff was.
2: Well, and the expectation that Torchwood would ever come back to TV fades as the actors are getting older. Yeah,
0: especially
1: seeming as a certain character's not supposed to age. Right. Yeah. Well, (laughs) well, not
0: only that, but that... Whoops, we wrote ourselves into a corner with that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, John Berriman's having huge success here in the US on Arrow now. Yeah. And was already actually, well, in between seasons of Torchwood, came here and did Desperate Housewives, for example. So he's been... Doing quite a bit to establish a career here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was a surprise to find out that it was going to happen. And as we're recording this, um, it's going to be released tomorrow, the very first one, which Barrettman is in fact involved with. Mm-hmm. It's coming out tomorrow, and it will be out by the time you, the listeners, hear this. Supposing I don't take two months to edit this again and then discover there's a technical fault. <laughs> um, yeah. and,
1: th- and Matthew, can I ask you something about it? Yes.
0: Is it a continuation
1: on from the series or is it slotting somewhere in the series? I get the impression so. from what I'm
0: reading uh, that the one read by Berriman and the Gareth David Lloyd ones are going to be slotting in somewhere pre Miracle Day. But that the one with Eve Miles and Kai Owen, that's literally just been announced in the last couple of days, is a post miracle day one so it's going to be picking up where miracle day left off okay interesting
2: yeah and unless they come out with a story that includes burn gorman and uh oh and who played Susie? i i forget um yeah that's i love the guy uh, <laughs> yeah unless they come out with stories like that which are way pre um yeah what was the three episode one called the
0: Oh, you're thinking uh, it was five episodes. Children of Earth. Children of
2: Earth,
1: Children of Earth yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you think they would ever go back that far? I, it's a possibility. I mean, it's I've also heard some rumblings. And once again, I mean, the, the Internet being what it is, you don't know what to believe. Sorry,
1: that was my stomach, Matthew. Huh, very funny, Robert.
0: <laughs> um, I've heard some rumors in some corners that there may be, in fact, plans to go back even further. Because, of course, Torchwood was, as we know, founded by Queen Victoria. And it's been around for a long time. So I've heard some rumors of, of going back and exploring that territory potentially. Nice, um, but once again, that that's rumors and don't know what to believe in that regard.
2: Yeah, yeah. You can't go back too far unless you well unless you've got heads of it that that predate um, the Captain Jack character,
0: right? Which is entirely possible. I mean, Torchwood apparently had this huge hundred and something year history prior to yeah. uh, when we first encountered it in the new series and Army of Ghosts mm. and Doomsday and that's really yeah. the end of the big Torchwood organization as we know it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, Matthew, there's a lot of possibilities and a lot of areas that could be explored. Yeah, there
1: are. Matthew, do you remember in the Third Doctor Adventures, um, there was a mention uh, about Torchwood in there, and he says, in the Third Doctor saying, this is Torchwood. I don't know anything about it, kind of thing.
0: I don't remember that. I remember that in de- in um, Damaged Goods with the Seventh Doctor. Oh, yeah. Sorry, think- yeah, that must have been yeah. it. Yeah. 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 That was a,
2: yeah, I was going to say, that sounded and familiar,
0: and I, I didn't hear the third Doctor Adventures. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, from uh, Damaged Goods, yes. which actually also references the uh, the Time War as well, which is, I think that yeah. was the first inkling I think a lot of us got that the barriers were about to come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, that I mean, that's based on a Russell T. Davies novel as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up from Big Finish, basically starting... Um, I think the first of the new series stuff that's going to be coming out that's connected to it, which I'm uber excited about, and as uh, those of you who have now heard my interview with Jason A. Ellery will know, we were asking him about it Con Custerbris back in July. What's the possibility of a, of a crossover between Jago and Lightfoot and the Padanosta And we are getting yeah. that to some extent with, with the Jago and Lightfoot and Strax release that's coming, I believe, in October, which I can't wait to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah I think it is kind of inevitable considering they share the same um
0: uh environment. Right and is um, the only place that's ever going to happen because yes precisely Black's, considering uh yeah I, gonna, I, I
1: think it's funny how uh uh what's his name I can thinking even think Trevor ba- uh Bannister <laughs> what, what's his name the actor um I think it's Edgar Trevor Luffy. Baxter Trevor Baxter yeah uh he looks very little like the way he did it you know, he's bald now but
0: um uh, Jago still looks like himself. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that Pretty was 40-something nice. years ago. And I, I mean, I argued... I know. I argued a long time ago in a piece on Work Factor that I thought a Patadoss the Gang spinoff had a lot better of a chance on audio than it did on TV, simply because it's A, it's period, and B, all of the makeup and yeah. special effects requirements you would need. Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, it does lend itself...
1: A bit like, yeah that Sherlock Holmes vibe. You yeah, when they... It just Somebody just has to talk of thick pea soup sog, uh, fog and, uh, you know, you're there, aren't you, in London
2: in, in that time. Indeed. Uh, the Jago and Lightfoot and Strax, did you say
0: it was coming out when? I think it's October. It's going to be very soon. It will be out. before oh. the end of the year. I know I know that off the top of my head. It's so before 10, Series 12. I know. It so oh, says it's, it's not coming like, out in November. Okay. Like 10, sir. Yeah. So yeah. November, which I can't wait to hear it. I mean, I love the Strax character anyway. Um, yeah, and, I, and the trailer for that is, is hilarious as well, so we'll see yeah
2: I wonder, may I ask you a question?
0: of course, goodbye uh, no, uh, wait, the question you just asked it you said, may I ask you a question that was not the question you want to ask another question the humans are so imprecise coming soon
2: from Big Finish Productions Jago and Lightfoot and Strat
0: Right, lads, this is a place. Is the house really haunted, Inspector?
2: I gather there have been three other brainless bodies found in the last few weeks. You mean, this is the fourth? Your brain is suitable. My... Sorry? You will be.
0: What was that? Just the wind, probably. Spectral creatures, show yourselves. Surrender now and your death will be swift. Ghosts, spooks, specters, the supernatural,
1: paranormal, uncanny, and just plain downright weird.
2: Yeah, I, I try to explain, but he insists you, Professor, are the great detective Madame Vastra, and he thinks Mr. Jago here is an housemaid
1: called Jenny, and he thinks you're both married. Of course.
0: You mean he thinks we've got
1: husbands? Not exactly. Then what exactly? He thinks you're married to each
2: other. What heavens of Big finish. We love stories. Mind you, he thinks I'm a bloke.
0: <clears throat> well, I, I, even though I have been busy, which is part of the reason why we have not released an episode. Matthew, you're my, always busy. Well, I've been very busy. I mean, <laughs> I've I, never known you not to be busy. Well, I, I had Con K going on. I had uh, the Richard III play with Rocket City Shakespeare I appeared in. I've been doing a lot of writing. Okay, blah, blah, blah. You're great, and you're wonderful, and you're doing everything. Let's talk to Big Finish. I was getting to Big Finish, Mary. <coughs> because I haven't been sitting sitting idly by not listening to Big Finish. I've, in fact, been listening to quite a lot of Big Finish. Um, oh, same. Yeah, it, I mean, it's... So let's talk about it. Let's talk about well, it. Well, let's, let's start with Damaged Goods, because I know that was the first thing I really listened to that's really that really blew me away uh, this summer, that came out earlier this year. And I, I read the book earlier this year because I wanted to get the book in before I heard the audio, just so I could really compare it in my own mind. Yeah, yeah. The book is by Russell T. Davies. So we talked about you know being you know, the guy who res- regenerated the show you know on TV. People were praising the book when it came out originally in 1996. They're still praising the book now. I was not very impressed with the book, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it had great characters in it, but let's be honest, Russell T. Davies is great with characters. That's what he's good at. The novel felt like a soap opera in which the Seventh Doctor and his companions were supporting characters. It really did. And then just happened to have a bit of a science fiction plot tacked onto the end of it that felt like a precursor to the finale of the next Doctor. So I wasn't hugely impressed with the book. Um, But Mm -hmm. I did want to listen to the audio because, you know, we've talked about before: Sylvester McCoy is my favorite Doctor. I was blown away by the audio. I really was. It was – I have finally found the case of an adaptation of something being better than its source material because the audio just streamlined the book. It got rid of a lot of – Yeah, the necessary, it got rid necessary. of a lot of – it got rid of baggage. I mean, Davies created yeah. great characters, but as I said, it felt like he got more interested in his own creations than actually telling a Doctor Who story. Who did the adaptation? Uh, Jonathan Morris did the adaptation. I mean, it is a superb adaptation. It's faithful to the novel, but it also, but it streamlines it. But all of the big stuff from the novel is there. All of the, most of the characters are there. He does simplify the Tyler family that shows up in it. I think there's, there's a, one of the kids is missing from it, but that's fine because that kid didn't do anything plot-wise in the book. Yeah. He was just kind of there to be a teenager and be angsty because, you know, that's what you do, apparently, when you're a teenager. But that, That's typical. um, I think uh, his type of
1: writing is more aiming towards the soap opera type of, of style. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's people. Uh, and he, and he's just someone who happens to love Doctor Who. So Yeah, I mean, people too. accused him of times <laughs> of making the new series into a soap opera because, you know, he'd introduce... The character and their mom. This and their, is stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. Mm. the character, their mom, their dad, the, you know, their grandfather in the case yeah, of Donna, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, Damaged yeah. Goods as a novel was Doctor Who as a soap opera in prose. Yes. Yeah. And it was I mean it was brilliantly written and Davies can write some very good prose when he wants to. But the mm-hmm. novel it did not work. But you know, what Jonathan Morris did was he found ways of turning that prose into dialogue. And yeah. working it into the story and also streamlining and simplifying what was, frankly, a very sprawling plot in the book and turned it into a very functional and very cinematic two-hour audio. I mean, it, yes. I mean, it, even with the way they did it with Big Finish, I mean, it was perfectly cast, I have to say. And it was wonderful getting to hear Sylvester McCoy actually say the dialogue from the book. Because, you know, you can hear it in sort of your mind's eye or your mind's yes, ear yes. when you're reading the book. And that's really my judgment of how good a piece of Doctor Who prose is. Can I imagine this Doctor saying this? Well, now I don't have to. I can. And, I mean, there's things that were changed a bit. The ending is a little bit less grisly. In some places, it's more grisly um, in the Big finished version simply because... Well, spoiler alert, people's heads exploding sounds terrible anyways when you're reading it. But just imagine <laughs> hearing <laughs> it because... It's the great thing about audio drama it wasn't that bad <laughs> i don't know i was sitting in my car sort of cringing going yeah <laughs> but maybe that's just yes. me um but it streamlined it a bit it made it work and i have to say i was blown away by damaged goods and i think it's really the first it was the first big finish release from this year i was really impressed by
1: i remember that night like it was yesterday
2: christmas eve 1977 the night the tall man came Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. Damaged goods.
0: Much as I love late 20th century Earth, what are we doing here? Smile. What? Smile, Roz. Smile. Roz and I are trained adjudicators. We have some experience in narcotics investigation.
1: This is no ordinary
0: investigation. You
1: said you'd make my son better. You said you were doing everything you could. What can you say? Everything area is under the control of the British army. All persons
2: are to be evacuated at one. The war must be fought. The war must be won.
0: Remember when I said things might be worse than I thought? Well, they are very much worse. Something has found its way to Earth, and it's older and more dangerous than I thought possible. Doctor, that creature is attacking the building.
1: It killed him! All those people just like that for no reason. Remember it, Beau.
0: Remember why it makes you cry. Say it out loud for the first time in your life, and it will haunt you no more.
2: Big finish. We love stories.
1: Robert, did you hear it? Yes, yes, I heard it. Yeah. What did you think of um, it? I, I can have is pretty much typical um, T Davies. So. You know, it was just his, it, it just reminded me of a prototype um, new series, Doctor Who, before it came back. It's just like he's got all the ingredients there that he brought to, um, you know, that, especially that first series, I guess. Uh, that's what I sort of got the, I wouldn't say, I wasn't really blown away by it. Um, I think it, had I read the book, I think it would have been. I, I would love, sit, you know, actually, I was going to say see it, He actually sitting down and hearing it after what Matthew said. You know, you can imagine what lines are like, but until you actually hear them being said by the, the doctor or, or the companions or whatever, whoever happens to be in the story. Um, one thing I did find, find a bit sort of um, let down was uh, Roz and, and Chris. They very sort of bland... Uh, and I guess to me it seemed like they were there, sort of like a bit unnecessarily. Um, yeah, that's my sort of fault with it. But yeah, it, it was it was okay. I, I'm quite enjoying um, the novel adaptations, I think. And, and somebody who I correspond with was saying exactly the same thing. He, he, he thinks uh, that they should do more and more of these adaptations, especially because there are. A lot of these nice juicy books out yeah. there that seem to be begging to be, uh, you know, while they've still got the the actors involved, you know, they're just begging to be um, given the, the treatment by Big Finish, and I think it's lovely that we get the chance to hear these. Uh, I think that's uh, the real great thing, you know, because they're written at a time when Doctor Who wasn't on the air, and you know, this was our, our lifeline. To new stories so I think to be actually given them that the proper big finish treatment uh, is just a wonder so yeah I'm really really enjoying the, the novel adaptation yeah there's actually
0: more <laughs> novel adaptations coming I know All Consuming Fire which is a crossover with Sherlock Holmes that was originally written for the Virgin New Adventures is coming out in December
1: well managed. oh no, well managed was in the uh, Damaged Good City. Yeah, it's already
0: been released. Uh, Theater of War, yeah. Nightshade, which was a, an excellent novel written by Mark Gatiss. Yes,
1: Mark Gatiss, which has quite a mess over time. Yes, it does.
0: <laughs> uh, to mention the dreaded keyword.
1: Mm-hmm. That was one of the first, that was one of the first ones I actually read. It's not
0: sure. which I'm, I'm. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to really that. Really looking forward to And then there's, a, there's another one that they haven't announced what the title is yet, except that we know it's going to be three discs instead of two. So my money at the moment is on lung barrow. Um, even though that's got mm, all kinds of yes. issues with when it comes to the canon, if there is such a thing with Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah. I,
2: I have not heard damaged goods yet, but I've heard all the other um <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> all the other ones, the, the highest science, the English way of death, the romance of crime, heard, the man of war, and I have absolutely enjoyed every one of them so far. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. the highest science, maybe the least of the bunch, but that's not saying much because I've just loved, especially oh, I
1: Love and War. You've got Love War. Yeah, we've reviewed Love and War
2: before. Yeah, we reviewed that a while ago. about a year ago. Was... Yeah. yeah, but I'm it of Tom Baker and Lala Ward in ah. its mm. novel adaptations. So I'm really looking forward to the next series of The Fourth Doctor Adventures that yes. uh, find the two of them again i I really want to hear those
0: so i mean i've talked i mean Damage goods blew me away i mean what what you know what have you heard over the last two or three months since we last talked mary i mean you know is there anything that really stands out for you
2: uh well i, I kind of went on some journeys this summer the <laughs> listening, Yeah, listening to the <laughs> whole uh fourth doctor adventure set the the fourth series um and thoroughly enjoying them and I think it be, it may have begun with these novel adaptations, but Tom Baker seems to have just kind of woken up and totally embraced his doctor again. Um, because yes. he's obviously, obviously having the best time doing these. Yeah. Um, and in fact, in one of the... Um, uh, extras. Extras. Oh, extras. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, and we'll, we'll do fine here. In one I know, because them- I just heard them recently, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, yeah. In one of them, Louise Jameson says that in the quiet moments while they were standing in their booths, kind of back-to-back, ready to... You know, they had just finished a scene, and there was that quiet moment, and she heard over her earphones him giving this sigh and saying, I am so happy, and uh, mm-hmm. she thought that that was wonderful, you know, that that he's having such a good time with all of these, that yeah. and he even says it in one of the interviews with him that this is turning out to be one of the happiest times in his life which makes me wonder um since he talks about talking with other actors in the green room and all that if they're not going to him anymore if he's coming to their studios and doing these no idea yeah he is He's talking about
1: driving down there Oh, that's what he talks about yeah Uh, he says when he says he gets there early so early in the morning that he actually brings their milk in for them <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so he, says, like he says he says he loves it being there. That mm-hmm. he's having such a good time that he says it's only sort of like when he goes home at the end of the day that he feels like it's a bit of a letdown because he's just having such a good time there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, can it, I can so I share so- something with you, Mary? And, and
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Back in 1994, I sent. Um, some stuff to uh, Tom Baker to get signed. Didn't know whether it was going to reach him or not. But he sent me back a lovely little letter. One of the things he said, because at that time, obviously he wasn't doing Doctor Who. Uh, he says the, the Doctor was one of the best roles I ever had. And it's, he says it's been downhill and over the cliff ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and just just hearing him in, in the, the the extras, actually saying what a, a great time that he was having and, and being around all these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of got the sense, I, he really missed it when he was away from the role. And I think he's happiest when he is uh, involved in that. And not, I mean, he says he never listens to the stories or watches himself as the doctor, except for me you over know, the commentaries, obviously, which he did. But um, for the fact that um, I think it's just, he gets to—he's enjoying the scripts for one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they—they they allow a lot of the actors to, you know, make the the role their own as long as it doesn't spoil the story. They're, they're happy to, so he, he's allowed that sort of thing to change to suit him, uh, and and yeah, he's just really enjoying being with them and, and doing the type of scripts and stories that he's doing. The actors that, that come in, all this he's enjoying.
2: So yeah, I was a little afraid, especially listening to these Fourth Doctor adventures again, that for me, I I didn't know where the character of Leela could possibly go. She was, you know, it seemed like the writers weren't sure what to do with her anymore. But in this fourth uh, set of the Fourth Doctor adventures, she's wonderful. Uh, The way they've written her, um, you can tell, you know, she's a little older. She's more she's a little more wise about things. Um, Vocabulary yeah
1: yeah better better, bad the way she's even speaking is is less of that uh stilted way it's more conversing It allowed her to uh, actually um
0: grow as a character she still
2: gets to reference herself you know as being yes you know the war warrioress or whatever
0: warrior Um, of the 17th
2: yes (laughs) Uh so with both the novel adaptations that i listened to which were primarily the um the fourth doctor ones uh, and this uh, series of the Fourth Doctor Adventures, I found all of it absolutely delightful and would highly recommend any of them. To yeah, people. well,
0: I ha- it's my turn to say I haven't heard something because I haven't listened to either the uh, Fourth Doctor novel adaptations or this <laughs> most recent series. Oh. My goodness, Matthew. Well, that's because there's the one story. The novels just—they're
1: just from the the series seventeen. Yeah. Isn't it?
0: Well, I know With it's the, the Gareth other... Roberts stuff, which is uh, very much in the vein of series seventeen and the the this, this, that season Douglas Adams script edited. So I have faith. Yes. You know, I have faith in it, uh, but I just haven't yeah. I just haven't heard it yet. I have to admit that the last two releases from this last season, I'm very interested in, particularly Return to Telos. So. I might have to bump that up yeah. uh, to be the next things I listen yeah.
2: to. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, The Fourth Doctor Adventures, Doctor Who, Return to Telos. Oh, Doctor! We must take action.
1: We must save Gerald and the people of Krelos. Defeat these Cybermen. There
2: is nothing to fear. The Cybermen are coming. We've got to get out of here. Come on. The- Arrival is imminent What was that? Whatever it was, it stopped now You know, I once double-checked the exact location of the supposed last resting place of the Cyberman You did? Mm, I did We have travelled back to when I originally visited Telos I was travelling with Victoria and Jamie The Warrior know we've got to get out of here once construction of our new, new cyber army is M-M- complete the doctor's ingenuity will make that big finish we love stories the only one that i did not care much for was requiem for the rocket men um because i listened to it and i felt a little lost like oh there's characters in this that i don't remember from the Rocket Men, you know, the Companion Chronicle story. Um, So I went back and I listened again to the Rocket Men. And then I listened to the Peter Purvis one called The Return of the Rocket Men. And that's where he introduces the Rocket Men as characters. And it, too, is an excellent story. So that helped me. Then when I re-listened to Requiem for the Rocket Men, it's like, okay, now I know that these are characters and what they're like, but... Still, the story didn't do much for me, so uh, I would say that's the weakest one of the of that set, of the fourth Yeah, I didn't mind it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we, we, well, we know that The Rocket Man is my favorite companion chronicle, and uh, there was, yeah, as I we record there was just a big sell over the weekend, and David Richardson, who was the producer of them, named The Rocket Man as his favorite as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for good reason, reason. Yeah. yes. So.
2: I know they are highly regarded amongst people
1: I know. Indeed.
2: Another journey that I went on was listening to all of the Graceless releases. Um, oh, well, wow. I haven't heard them yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say that by the end of the third set, I, I too, was wondering, oh, what are they going to do with the, these girls anymore? Because the third set was supposed to be the Right. Because um, I, I don't think their writers really know what to do with them anymore. But the idea yeah. of Zara. That's what I think, And the graces and all that it's just such a fascinating idea that it kind of kept me going even though the stories of the third series are kind of dull um but now i see there's a fourth set they're coming out with so i'm curious to know what they're going to do with that so i'm hooked again because like i said i I, i'm just fascinated with the idea of these yeah i've
0: been lucky enough at chicago to meet the girls twice Oh, yeah, I would love to, to meet I've been them. lucky enough to meet uh, them twice, and I've met Simon Gurrier as well, who wrote, who created them, and also has written yeah. all those box sets.
2: And he's another, yeah. you know, this is another situation where the first box set was the best, and the next two that followed kind of thin out oh. <laughs> as you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a good a idea. bit like
0: dark uh, Eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Robert, what have you listened to over the summer? What stands out for you amongst, <laughs> I think you said you'd heard about 30 of them.
1: Oh, I've heard a
0: whole heap. I've listened to
1: three series of Jago and Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to the fourth Doctor box set, you know, the Gareth Roberts one with Romance of Crime and, and um, English Way of Death. I listened to Damaged Goods. I um, listened to the third and fourth um, new, new Doctor Adventures, the, the series. What else do I say? Besides the third Doctor Adventures, which I cannot speak – highly enough i have another one that just evokes that era so
0: precisely yeah, we'll be talking about in um, in further depth on a future episode yeah
2: yeah so um
1: what else oh i can't
2: remember
0: to
1: tell
2: you that you would recommend people
0: explore
1: yeah. oh definitely the novel adaptations i i would say and the the third doctor adventures i and oh yeah and the Jago and Lightfoots. I just think the Jago and Lightfoots have just been getting better and better hmm. with these last three series. Um, I haven't got the ones I can 100%. really recommend, yeah. So, and, yeah, just, as Mary says, the fourth Doctor, uh, Tom Baker's just finding his feet really well as, as the uh, fourth Doctor again, which I didn't sort of get the, the vibe with the the first
0: couple of Oh, series, we remember. Was, we remember. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah they, were, they were not very well yeah. done. Well, it was like somebody trying to do an impersonation of um, Tom mm-hmm. Baker doing yeah. yeah, Which <laughs> was
0: my issue with the BBC, Hornet's Nest, Serpent Crest, Demon's Quest, whatever they were yeah, calling them. It yeah. felt like they just let Tom Baker run amok in the studio and told Paul Mars how he could, you yeah. know, oh, just, you know, I want this and I want that. And they just kind of went, yeah, Tom, sure. Why not? Whereas I feel like Big Finish have really, even though I haven't heard anything more recently than the uh, Philip Hinchcliffe Presents box set.
1: Oh yeah, listen to that. As which well, we sorry.
0: which <laughs> we reviewed. Now that was something we reviewed about a year ago now as well. Uh, and, and that was excellent. And that was too. excellent. So I think maybe he's just yeah. been, I think, gradually reacclimating, reacclimatizing himself to the role. Acclimatizing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and enjoying the heck
2: out of it <laughs> well and, and, and i
1: think it makes it enjoyable listen to, for us too it does Enjoy. yeah when
2: you can hear the joy in his voice yes <laughs> and you can tell he's yes. having a good time you're
0: just right there
2: with him enjoying
0: yeah. the help yeah so i'm yeah i'm definitely gonna have to bump up the uh, most recent season of the fourth doctor adventures Then mm-hmm. give that a listen Something else that yeah. we've had announced here recently that I know because we're all big fans of it here is, is Blake 7, the future of which has been uncertain for quite a while now. And I know when I interviewed um, Jason at Con Jason Hallery, and people mm-hmm. and other people asked him as well what was going on with it. He would not comment on it whatsoever. Uh, but it's, we've just had over the weekend confirmation that, yes, Blake 7 is going to continue from Big Finish. Um, they've in fact released a special download only uh, story over the weekend, which yeah. I have not yet had the chance to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, the sad thing about it is, and I know this is going to crush you, Mary, if you haven't already heard, the next Liberator Chronicles set will be the last. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I quite, quite enjoyed it better than the full cast. Yeah, audio. well, same here. Yeah. I mean, I've I've yeah. heard I think the first five sets of the Liberator mm-hmm. Chronicles, and I've I've listened to Warship and the first couple of the first season of the full cast ones. And I know Blake Seven yeah. is an ensemble show. The Liberator Chronicles, I think, when they just get one or two of them, and it gives the chance for the writers oh, to kind of really explore the characters and the ideas.
2: Yeah.
0: In, yeah. Instead yeah. of trying to figure out, okay, how do I write for seven people yeah. and a couple of guest stars?
2: Right, yeah. right. And you get into their backstories. Yeah, I like the Liberator yeah. Chronicles. Yeah, I
0: think it was, it, it, in some yeah. respect, it's the same thing that happened when the Companion Chronicles came around versus the main range that it seemed like the best stories yeah. were coming out of the Companion Chronicles for a while,
2: rather yeah. than the main one yeah. with
0: Doctor Who, so... I also listened to the Scorchies, which I you, you know, I picked that brown. up as Oops. part of the... <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, like Mary, I picked it up as part of the Christmas sale, and I still have not listened to it.
2: Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, the Companion Chronicles, the Scorchies, Joe is making a thing. It's held
0: together with a piece of string. What a lovely thing to sing about Joe making a thing.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome, one, Welcome and one and all, to the Scorchy Show.
2: Joe. Josephine Grant. I, I'm a friend of the doctor's and I've come here to defeat you. Do oh, no, it! A story! A story! Oh dear, I'm no good at stories. Joe is making a thing, it's held together with
0: a piece of string. What a lovely thing to sing about Joe making a thing! Winkle,
2: twinkle, little death, time to draw your last breath! <laughs> Oh, I have listened to it. To me it's like it's like watching the gunfighters. Uh, <laughs> repetitive um, constant repetitive music just drives me up a wall. Oh. Uh,
1: I, I I like the there was a funny line in the when Joe's trying to get somebody from out of their spell and saying, Watch it it says, Turn on the TV, watch anything, even if it's uh Space nineteen
2: ninety nine I thought that was that was quite amusing. <laughs> Now there is there is a journey that I am just starting really, um, and that is going through the Bernice Summerfield. Yeah, so I hadn't heard (laughs) stories. Yeah, Um, because all I heard so far are the new adventures of Bernice Summerfield, and I really enjoyed those. Um, And then the only things that I can get on on download are her box sets. So I listened to her first box set, which was epic um, and very intriguing. I mean the people who write for Bernice Summerfield are like a cross between, oh, who's the author of um, The Hitchhiker's Guide? Douglas Adams. It's like a cross between Douglas Adams and Terry Pritchard. Um, They are so fantastical (laughs) that you really have to let yourself go into these incredible um, creative worlds that Bernice goes into. So I've started back to the single releases from 1998 um, and wow that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm still blown away by the the, the fantasy um, fantasies that they go through except in the first story of you call it the the time ring trilogy yeah. I think it's you've heard that uh, right? walking that to Babylon walking to Babylon there is one actress in that um, and I'll name her because she's dreadful Janet <laughs> or Jane Burke Holy Christmas. I cannot get into that story because every time it starts to take me somewhere, she comes in and she is such a dead script reader um, that I'm immediately yanked back into, oh my goodness, this, this is an audio script and this person um, is reading.
1: I hate it when that happens. I oh, I do too. too. She's terrible throughout the whole
2: thing. So, and it,
1: someone in the Threat Third Doctor Ventures like that, one of the aliens that what
2: is any voice I, uh, uh, I, oh my God. yeah so, so with what I'm yes, dreading is if this is a trilogy I sure hope she's going to be <laughs> in all the three stories, stories.
0: Are so, the, the stories in the Time Ring trilogy from what I remember listening to them are kind of self-contained uh, it's more following okay. Bernice okay. and her ex-husband Jason rather than Jason, you know supporting yeah. characters showing up in all of them so
2: yeah. so I sure hope this character goes <laughs> away <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what started me on it was um, on the on Facebook. There's a group called Big Finish Listeners, and there are a couple of people who the last over the last couple of months have just been trading Facebook posts about enjoying all these uh, Bernie Summerfield stories. So it's just I just had to get on them. You know, I just wanna I want to enjoy what they're enjoying. <laughs>
0: And something else, something Do else think, we should uh, dip into at some point here on the podcast is the Bernice Summerfield stuff. Because I think we've talked about it for yeah, a while, and we we've still not actually done it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, the yeah. first story of the trilogy is called Beyond the Sun. The second mm. one is Walking to
0: Babylon. No, the, mm. the Time Ring trilogy is Walking to Babylon, Birthright, and uh, Just War.
2: Oh, okay. Well, okay. Then I'm listening to Beyond the Sun. So uh, maybe I should be happy then, because Walking to Babylon... Yeah. yeah, you're right. Walking to Babylon is the first. Yeah, one, Walking yes. to Babylon come...
0: also has the the late much the late and much missed Elizabeth Slayton in it as well. So
2: yes, it um, does. Well, oh yes, and the very first Bernice Summerfield story has Nicholas Courtney as her. Yes, pet. and he's wonderful.
0: <laughs> he's wonderful. Oh man, something we're going to have to dip into it at some point because I have just got to hear this. <laughs>
2: And Nicholas Briggs and Mark Gatiss are in the first yeah. one as well.
0: And Gatiss is no. in just War, just wait, just wait.
2: Oh, okay. Just
0: okay.
2: wait. I'm excited. You know, I like I like journeys like this. Um, so I'm excited to keep going with these Bernice stories. Especially the the way they pull on your imagination is is incredible.
1: <laughs> well, look at how long it's been going. There's, there's how many yeah. series of the? Year. There's fourteen yeah. or something. But is it, it is big finishes.
0: Or Including the New Adventures. Of, yeah, I mean and, it is. It, it's done very yeah. well. I mean, it's what <laughs> got Big finished the Doctor Who license to begin with. Was the success yeah. of the Bernice Summerfield audio?
2: So. Oh, oh Yeah, that's because
0: they, they fair. originally
1: spun off from when Virgin lost the um, New Adventures yeah. license. They um. And, started making the Bernice Summerfield yeah. ones, which obviously led to the audios. Which
0: obviously it's kind of like gone yeah. Full circle, well, the interesting thing it? is, is that. Um, Birthright and Just War were Virgin New Adventures. And when the big adapted them, yeah. they didn't have the Doctor Who license and didn't have the license to the Companions in those stories. They basically rewrote them to write the Doctor and the Companions out. And put Jason, yeah. uh, Bernice's ex-husband, in their place. So it's even more ironic that they've yeah. now gone back and started properly adapting the novels now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my ongoing project. Yes. <laughs> as well as
2: Oh my goodness, That's all right. I need I to listen Stab- to them as Stables. well. Maggie Stables is in just war.
0: Yes, she war. is. Ooh. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to have plenty to talk about. We'll be, of course, looking at uh, a number of things as we go back along, starting the podcast up again. I think, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly, on the suggestion of one of our listeners on Facebook, we're going to be doing countermeasures one and two in our next episode.
2: Well, I thought we were talking about countermeasures in general. So I know Robert and I went on to to listening to three and four well i haven't heard
0: three and four yet so i've got even more of a journey ahead of me now yes you do <laughs> i'm interested <laughs> in hearing
2: what you have to say because three and four are very different from oh one and i two. look
0: forward to it then yeah. so i guess we'll talk about that when we get together again so oh may so i think that about wraps things up for this episode and of course we'd love to hear what you our dear listeners happen to think about us And what you would like us to review, what have you heard that's excited you, what would you like us to talk about? And you can do that uh, via our Facebook group, Stories from the Vortex, or you can send in feedback at feedback.vortex at yahoo.com. It would be a nice change from all the spam we've gotten over the last couple of months. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. until next.
1: Well, I guess we wouldn't have got spam if we released more oh. episodes. Oh, it's just pouring out with rain outside now. Excellent, we need rain. And oh, that's here in Australia. here. Oh, right?
0: <laughs> we just read spring. <laughs> We're, we We're just in... read spring.
2: Yeah. It's
0: uh, you know this episode is going out unedited, right? <laughs> sure <am>. that's fine. <laughs> uh, so until next time, I guess that's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And happy. Listening. So long. Thanks for all the fish. Take care.